Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Then there was four, and now there's only two. Good morning. Welcome to this Monday edition of RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one. I'm joined here in the studios by the producer extraordinaire. Chair dance-off extraordinaire. Not so much on the bowling, though. But that's okay. The one and only Hannah Five Names. Good morning! How are you? You know, I would be a lot better if, like, everything in this room was not breaking on me. Um, And that was one time. One time you see me bowling, and I... Yeah. You were tougher on yourself. We had a blast. We had fun. But your fiance was locked into the zone. I don't know how much fun he had. My man was not happy with himself by not bowling a 300, a perfect game. So I'm not really for sure. And then you were like, oh, oh. And I was like, yeah, I'm frustrated too by the kids just walking into our lane while we were trying to bowl the whole time. But the wife and I had, had a good time, man. We, we had, did. Did, have did a, you did you yes. enjoy yourself at least? We still we both said we had a great time. Okay, I'm just checking. We when we got home, but that's the difference is that both of us are on league, so we yes. don't bowl like we want to bowl. It kind of makes but it, it was like a little supposed damper. to be having fun. <laughs> you were supposed to turn off the competitiveness hard. and just push so that hard. aside. That's right. We had a bowling excursion on Friday night. I, I my goal was to bowl over hundred. And I did so in all three games. (laughs) You did. Tina's first goal was to bowl over, get 75. She didn't reach that the first game. She only got 70. But then she bowled over 100 the next two games. She did. There you go. But you were just, you were very upset with yourself. I was, but it's going to be fine. Um, I have league tonight, so hopefully I bowl my average. Because it would suck when I bowl my average (laughs) tonight. It's time to bounce back. It's time to bounce back in a big way tonight. Yeah, that's the plan. You won one game last week, and I'm like, ugh. You had a chance to win four points. I won one point last week. It's okay. Fine. You won the chair dance off. Final results were tabulated over the weekend. Yes. Overwhelmingly, the people voted for you as the ch- uh, chair. The 2022 chair dance off spectacular dance party extravaganza champion. <laughs> That's a very long name. <laughs> it keeps changing <laughs> every time you say it. Yeah. 
And then you won a bowling. We're at a tie now. You realize that, right? It's one to one. Correct. You won the dance chair off, chair dance off. Whatever that thing's called. <laughs> That's whatever that thing's called. The dance party extravaganza. <laughs> and I won at bowling. So yes. we've already had people recommend what the tiebreaker should be. Some have said karaoke, which I've never done. I have never done karaoke. You don't. You, I see. I, have I see you. Not done karaoke. Look at you. Like look at you over there. Well, you're like. <laughs> don't know if I like that. Ed. So we'll come up with another idea there. We got a great show lined up for you today. We got three guests on the books. All those in the back half of the show: seven thirty, eight o'clock, eight thirty. We'll be discussing a busy weekend for LSU. They have no players left on the roster for the men's basketball team that were on the roster a month ago. They're all gone. Either in the draft or the transfer portal. All of them, they're gone. So they got their work cut out for them there. Also, baseball team did not have a great weekend. They've lost now two of their first three SEC series. They dropped this one to Auburn. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And fielding, still an issue. Pitching, still an issue. We're now into April here. Jay Johnson's team, slightly flawed. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Raging Cajuns. Good weekend for them on the Diamond. Softball team, unable to get the sweep at Texas State, but they still win the series. The baseball team, they take two or three at home against Georgia Southern. Back-to-back Sunbelt Conference Series wins for Matt Deggs' team. We'll break all that down as well. By the way, Raging Cajun Pro Day is this afternoon, 2 o'clock. That'll be happening. And, of course, we'll talk plenty about the Final Four. And that's where we're going to start. Got the opportunity to go cover Saturday's Final Four games there inside the Superdome. And it was all chalk, right? The bluest of the blue bloods. Maybe if you took Villanova out of the picture and put in Kentucky, then it would be the ultimate blue blood. But most Final Four appearances combined by the Final Four teams ever was a new record. You had you didn't never had that much experience, that much traditional powers facing off in a Final Four ever in the men's bracket. And the first game is the one that, of course, is going to get overshadowed. That's Kansas-Villanova. Jayhawks came out and said, we're all about business. 10-0 run to start the game. Obviously, we know Villanova was a little hobbled. But Bill Self's team came out 10-0 run, built up a lead as much as, I think, 19. And credit Jay Wright's team. They fought, they clawed back. They cut it down to seven points, cut it down to six points, at one time in the second half. But every time they did that, get it down to seven, eight points, that one time at six, Kansas had an answer. Kansas had an answer. They had two players score over 20 points in this ballgame, including McCormick, who had 25. The lead, all scores. So the Jayhawks lead wire to wire. They punched their ticket to the national championship game. 
Bill Self looking for national title number two. The program looking for national title number four. That was your warm-up. But man, came the next one. And did it ever live up to the hype? A lot of times we hype up things and it just doesn't, right? It just doesn't live up to our expectations, what we want the game to be. The nightcap between Duke and North Carolina, the Tobacco Road rivalry meeting for the first time in the NCAA tournament, was everything you'd hoped it to be. First of all, the crowd was electric. I noticed getting ready for the first game, walking around outside the Superdome. I had some time to kill early on, so I spent it actually outside, just wanting to kind of get a feel for the city. I like to do that. When I go to a big event like that, I like to get a feel for things around. Nothing but Carolina blue and Duke blue everywhere I looked. Everywhere I looked. Seemingly all of New Orleans was taken over by Blue Devil and Tar Heel fans. And once you got inside the dome, which was packed, it was electric for that game. When they came out for their warm-ups, the crowd started booing. Like, <laughs> for their warm-ups. The game isn't even started yet. And the, the crowds for each team already started booing the other team. Back and forth affair. No team could seize control. Three, four-point lead, all of a sudden evaporated as a tied ball game, and you're down by one. Then it swings back the other way. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Phenomenal game. And the Cinderella ending for Coach K comes up short. Because North Carolina, they're your eight seed. They're the team that no one expected to get here, even though they are one of the top three most traditional programs ever in college basketball history. They never wavered. They never flinched. They never seemed like the moment was too big, if that makes any sense. Because it is different when you play your games in basketball arenas and all of a sudden now you're playing in the Superdome. You have all those extra fans. You have to build the court. It's elevated off the floor. It's a different vibe. Always think of Hoosiers when he takes his team in there and points out, measures the you know, measures the basket, measures the basketball goal before the state championship game. Says, "Hey, this is just you know, it's just like the goal at our own gym." North Carolina played that way, like they didn't play tense, and they made more shots down the the stretch. Duke missed some free throws, which were key in the ball game. Love carried the Tar Heels. He made big shots down the stretch, including making his free throws. And Carolina wins. And Coach K era is over. Just like that. Boom. Done. And for the rivalry, this will live on forever. Because this is the Tar Heels team that handed Coach K a loss when 60 former Duke players were in attendance at Cameron Indoor Arena for his final game there in Duke's home court. Not only did they hand Duke a loss, they manhandled him. This is also the same North Carolina team that just ended Coach K's career in the Final Four. No storybook ending. You're done. You're done.
I'll be interesting to see tonight if North Carolina can pick itself up over such an emotional high. Beating your arch rival, sending Coach K out a loser. What do they have left? Are they going to be able to come back? Because Hubert Davis is all business, which is exactly what this team kind of need. First-year head coach playing, having his team play for a national title. He won a national title as an assistant under Roy Williams, who, by the way, will be in attendance, who, by the way, coached both of these programs that are facing off. Losing national titles at Kansas, winning them at North Carolina. What does North Carolina still have left in the tank? Did they leave anything left after vanquishing the arch nemesis? Because Kansas has been all business. All business. And we talked about it on the show. feels like we don't talk enough about the Jayhawks. We really haven't. But they got a chance. Playing in New Orleans has not been kind to the Jayhawks. They've lost those national championship games. But now they'll have an opportunity. Kansas, North Carolina is your national championship game. It'll be broadcast right here on the game tonight. Tip is not until 820. 8.20. Which is which <laughs> I know we gotta get ready for the timeout here, but that changed your boys' plans. <laughs> I went down for the final four. That tipped, the second game tipped. I think you believe 745 on Saturday. I didn't even stay for the full press conference. And I didn't get home until after two. Stuck in traffic inside the Superdome parking garage for about 35, 45 minutes. Traffic to get out of New Orleans. So imagine trying to go tonight to cover that game and then come here for the six o'clock show that ain't happening (laughs) so i'll be watching the national championship game tonight from my television from the comfort of my recliner and watching it on television is exactly how that's going to go down we'll talk more about the final four next we'll hear from some of the coaches and the players that's all coming up right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer. But we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Final four 
went from four now down to two national championship game is tonight between kansas and north carolina battle of blue bloods down in new orleans inside the caesar superdome Kansas led its game wire to wire. Raced out to a 10-0 lead. Never relinquished that lead. As they took down Villanova in the first semifinal game on Saturday. Coach Bill Self gets another opportunity to try to win a national championship. And he was asked, what does it mean for him to be able to have this team compete for a title? It's been a joy. We made our announcement. It would be our last year. That's Coach K. We'll get the Bill Self clips. You know, we we've had some some really terrific seasons and some uh, and some great teams that came up short. And uh, I do think that when you have as as many good teams as we've had, at most places, winning one national championship would be quite an accomplishment I, I think as many good teams as we've had uh, uh, you know one's not enough and so uh, I don't think that I personally feel pressure that we have to win but I do uh, know that when you when you have a chance to coach at a place where you have an opportunity to be in the game most years you need to take advantage of that more than we we have he was also asked you know look the, this roster is pretty much the same as it was last year. So what's the the big difference? What's the thing that's changed the most from last year's Jayhawk team to this year's? I think we are more athletic, and it's the same guys. They deserve the credit. Uh, you know, Remy obviously gives us a burst of speed, and he's the quickest guy in our on our roster that that we we need. He can he, you know he can he can make a basket or make a play when when you really don't have anything going. But I I, I think we have gotten that way in large part just because our players have gotten better and developed so a classic example there of the team itself improving right the team itself learning how to become more athletic evolving developing itself the roster didn't change the players changed they got better and it's made all the difference in the world this is also a team that has some seniors on us, has some senior leadership on it, and Self was happy for those guys to be able to get this opportunity. I'm thrilled for them. And and when we recruited uh, the senior class, the headliners were not David McCormick and Ochai Abaji. They were Devon Dotson and Quentin Grimes. And we coached Quentin for one year and, and transferred to Houston, and we coached Dot for two. So, uh, yeah, I'm extremely happy for those guys and, and, and what they've given us. And they've been great ambassadors and role models for our school and our community. And they both, you know, put in the time to, to give us a chance to be here. So I'm happy that they're able to experience what this is all about. He'll be facing off against the North Carolina Tar Heels. And while Bill Self is a veteran coach and now is going to be looked to as one of the faces of college basketball. It'll be him, Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and Jay Wright at Villanova. They'll be your elder statesmen now that Coach K has retired. Hubert Davis is in his first year. Now, great player in college for the Tar Heels, played for Dean Smith, and has been a very good assistant coach on the bench for Roy Williams, including helping him win a national t- title. But now he's in his first year. 
This is well above anybody's expectations of where the Tar Heels could have been this year. And Hubert talked about how, look, for him, he's enjoying this moment. He's just soaking it up. I'm just overwhelmed with thankfulness. You know, I just think about the experiences that I've been able to have. I had always dreamed of being a part of this program and to think that I got to play for them, to think that I got to come back and be an assistant coach. And now I'm the head coach of North Carolina and we're in the national championship game. You know, I, was, I wasn't a McDonald's All-American. They didn't even offer me a scholarship until like 11.59 with, you know, 59 seconds on the clock. And they gave me a chance and gave me an opportunity. And when you look back, everything significant in my life has happened because they've given me this opportunity and a chance to be a part of this program. You know, you know, my wife and I fell in love there. We, we got married there. We, after I played in the NBA, we moved back and raised our three kids there. And so and now I'm the head coach there. It's, a, it's just a pretty cool deal. Gets to not only work for his alma mater, be the head man of his alma mater, and now he has them one win away from a national championship. And look, I asked the question to start off today's show. How are they going to get past the emotions of defeating the arch rival, Duke, how's it going to be? Are they going to be able to bounce back from such an emotional game on Saturday night to get ready to play for the title? And this is what Coach Hubert Davis had to say. I mean, we're playing for a national championship. We, you know, one of the things that these guys have done a really good job at is celebrating a win, but also putting that aside and focusing on the task ahead of us. Um, after we played an unbelievable Baylor team, we were able to set our sights on UCLA. And after UCLA, St. Peter's, after Marquette. And, you know, I mean, it was just these guys have been fantastic at uh, – because, you know, I, I want them to celebrate tonight. I, I just do. You know, this is a special moment for them. This is a special moment for our program. So I want them to enjoy themselves. And so that's important. But we have more than enough time to prepare for an unbelievable Kansas team and playing for the national championship. There's, if you're not motivated for that, that's you shouldn't be playing. There you go. Should not be playing. I think they'll be ready, <clears throat> but Kansas is really good. It's a really good Kansas team. They're a veteran team. It should be an excellent game tonight. Once again, North Carolina taking on Kansas National Championship from the Caesar Superdome. You can listen to that game live right here on the game. Tip is scheduled for 8-20. 8-20. Make sure to get your nap in this afternoon for that. we got to take a timeout. We'll talk what happened over the weekend to the LSU baseball team. It was not good. Right here. You're listening to RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. 24 
six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So if you or your contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig... Call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service, and to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, reminds you, call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Let's talk a little LSU baseball, shall we? Not optimal start. Baseball team drops series to Auburn. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, kind of a weird schedule for the team and they did so at home inside Alex Box Stadium against Auburn this isn't Vandy it's Auburn and Auburn holds off LSU LSU tries to rally on Saturday I listened to some of that game on the way to the Final Four, and and LSU had their chances. LSU had their chances, but Auburn did enough to win six to four. And when I say LSU had its chances, it left eleven runners on base in that game. Eleven. Got to get the timely hits, and you got to bring those runners home. Auburn comes into Alex Box Stadium, takes two of three. LSU has now lost two of its first three SEC series. It has lost the Friday game, the opening game of each one of those series, by the way. So far, they put themselves behind the eight ball every single weekend against the SEC competition. Jay's got to figure that out. He's got to figure out how to get them to come out focused, to get them to come out and play their best right off the bat. 
because that sets the tone for the series. Now, they were able to bounce back the previous weekend against Florida after dropping the first game and win the series. Well, that's great. That's great. They've dropped two of their first three series in SEC play. And Auburn, look, Auburn's a good team. They're not a great team. But they're 19-9, and 5-4 in the SEC now after winning over the weekend. LSU's now 19-9 and 4-5 and in the SEC. And the glove work has not been great. There was a couple plays, one on Friday and one on Saturday. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, one on uh, one on Thursday maybe, and then one on Saturday for sure. That were not ruled errors, but you even had guys on the telecast say they weren't errors, but they were costly. Weren't ruled errors. They were ruled hits, but they should have been out. So. You had some questionable calls that actually were ruled not errors on LSU that probably could have been. Going into Saturday's game, LSU had held the SEC leader in batting average and slugging percentage, that's Sonny Desharia, in check by approaching him carefully. He was one for five with five walks Thursday and Friday combined. They weren't so careful with him on Saturday because he went four for five with three RBIs. Joseph Gonzalez did not have dominant stuff for Auburn, the big righty, because LSU got seven hits through the first six innings work. But Gonzalez was able to work out of jams over and over and over again, and his defense backed him up. And this LSU team, which had some, there was a buzz. You could hear it on the telecast when they got some runs and they were able to get out of some jams. The crowd came alive on Saturday. Javaris pitched well. But it wasn't enough. Morgan did hit that solo home run in the bottom of the eighth. This set the final score, but it wasn't enough. And they got to figure this out. We, we talked about over and over again about LSU and that you weren't going to find out about this team until they got into the heart of the SEC schedule. Because beating up on the likes of Maine and Southern and Townsend doesn't get the job done. When they played better competition, they fell short. Lost to Texas. Lost to Baylor, a team that's not as good as them. And now they've started off losing two of their first three series in SEC play. And you just kind of wonder, okay, Is the defense going to get cleaned up? Are they going to be able to do this? Coach Johnson afterwards talked about the disappointment, talked about the pitching and the fact that they were unable to get runs across when they had an opportunity. 
Yeah, I thought Bright, their pitcher, was tough. I like when I looked at the video to prepare. Um, I thought it, w- it would be one of the more challenging guys that we faced, at least from a starting pitcher standpoint, and I think he was. You know, we finally kind of got moving there in, in the middle of the game a little bit, but Cade's double, a big A-B for us uh, to kind of get us moving. And then we're going to score as the game goes along. Just a bunch of quality at bats with two outs. You know, Dylan uh, moved the ball uh, to make it 3-0 earlier. And then um, consecutively, Jacob and Jordan uh, to give us some, some opening there. Great job by our staff again. I mean, we really only had uh, had the one bad inning last night, but they're continuing to execute. I'm pleased with all five guys, you know, from the mound. Um, Paul was a little off, but um, he's been our best guy to this point. So it was really good to the other guys to pick him up. That was Coach Johnson after Friday's win where they were able to even the series. And that's the thing about this LSU team. They're not quite consistent. right? That's the thing that really kind of stands out is they're not consistent. It all starts off with how they open up their series. They open up with losses. Three straight now. Now, the schedule is going to kind of fix itself, right? They're going to have plenty of time to get right. they got to wrap up the regular season against Vandy. Oof. Look, this team can hit. But the big question marks for Jay Johnson team was, the big question mark was the pitching and the fielding. And we're three SEC series in, and we still don't have a good idea about this team, right? We still don't know what this team really is. Once again, they lose a tough one on Thursday, 6-5. to five. They easily win Friday night's game, 9-2. to two. That's when you heard Jason there talking about he was happy. All the pitchers played well. The, uh, the, the hitters got hits. And, they, and look, they can do that all day long. But then they turn right back around the next day and lose 4-6. to six. They lose four to six. Now they have Grambling on Tuesday at home inside the box. That'll be your midweek game. You can listen to that game live right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And then they have a three game set at Mississippi State. You're defending national champs. Three-game set. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Of course, we'll carry that series for you right here on the game. But, you know, getting the midweek game like they – midweek win like they did this past week against ULM, and and they crushed the Warhawks 15-4. That didn't help them against Auburn. So if they go out there and crush Grambling, how's that going to help them against Mississippi State? But this is not a – this is not as good of a team as Mississippi State was a year ago, right? They're banged up. They're young. This is a team that's already lost to southeastern Louisiana. So, could go on the road, could go to Stark Vegas and get that win. And that way you'd be even in SEC play to start the year at 2-2 two and two in series. We'll see. We'll see if Jay Johnson's team, Jay Johnson's team rather, can figure that out. Go take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll unveil our poll question of the day. Woo! 
Hotline's open as well. Give us a call. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is known across Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got. Clinton Anukoraru, oof, and I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even practiced <laughs> last night. Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. Simply text ANGOLA to 68683. That's ANGOLA to 68683. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 23rd and April 24th, and you can see all of the excitement. Bull riding, wild horse racing, convict poker. Text ANGOLA. To 68683. That's Angola to 68683 to watch the world famous Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Woo! I've been once. Had to go check out the Angola Prison Rodeo. It was a good time. It was pretty fun. Had a good time. They have them in the spring, they have them in the fall. The old Angola Prison Rodeo. I enjoyed it. Didn't know what to expect. I was surprised with all like the arts and crafts. I didn't was not ready for that. I just thought, oh, it's just going to be a rodeo, which I'd never been to before. But yet, you had all these convicts out there that had made their own like handmade stuff, furniture, and all types of knickknacks and all types of stuff. That was interesting. I had a good time. May go back again. Once again, we said we had a poll question of the day to unveil to you. And we do. Last week, we had the great chair dance-off, and that's inspired us to insert more dancing into RP3 and company. I mean, we already dance as it is, but we've decided maybe we need some dance breaks on the show. Random dance breaks. Just sprinkle through the show. So our poll question of the day is, which one of these will be the dance break song of the week this week? We have four selections. Producer extraordinaire, kind of five names. Tell the folks what are their choices that will be utilized as our dance break song of the week. So You're going to decide, people. You will decide what song we dance to this week. Like yelling at me, basically. <laughs> so our four options are, Hey, uh, What is Love, The Power, 
and lean back. I was surprised when you said lean back. <laughs> I was like, wow. I even asked Ken, I said, which one would you pick? He was like, that's a real toughy question. I was like, I bet it is. It took me a minute too. I didn't want to go like too like new of songs because, like, you know, people might want to, you know, vote on it because they don't know what it is and look it up. And yeah. So I went back to like 90s or something <laughs> to find our songs. So um, already we have leading the vote is What is Love? My choice, by the way. You're so happy with yourself. You're so. Uh, I'm, so I'm sorry. You, th- you thought you thought I was yelling at you. You're so happy with yourself, Hannah. <laughs> it okay. is Monday, bro. It is it's, Monday. It's a great so day Monday. already. So Monday. So much fun. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so at 30, percent we have Hey Ya. Oh, we have nice. at 20 percent is Lean Back, and only 10 percent for the power. You sound disappointed. Yeah. You sound disappointed. So, so keep keep voting on our poll question of the day. You are going to decide, people. You will be the decision makers here on what song we have our dance break to this week. That's right. It'll be the song for the whole week. You'll never do know. It may happen at 715. It may happen at 822. It may happen at 645 one day. You never do know when a random dance break is going to happen. But it's going to happen. We need you to pick the song. That's what we'll do every Monday. You will pick the song on what we're going to be dancing to this week on RP3 and Company. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two is going to be bigger and better. We'll take your phone calls as well. Game hotline's open. 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game right here on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. See, I took it easy on you. Took it easy on you. See, if I would have broke out those dance moves that I just did, if you're watching us on the simulcast, you're welcome. Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. If I would have broken out those dance moves, I probably would have won. But maybe I wouldn't have. Because we know what happens with the people. They love you. They prefer you over they over me. Yeah. They're going to come to your defense. Me and Mesh actually discussed this yesterday. Yes, yes. You become the person they root for. 
Yeah. They love you. It's no longer the Coach K Kool-Aid. It's the Five Names Kool-Aid. The Five Names Kool-Aid. But the Five Names Kool-Aid didn't help you on the lanes, did it? What? <laughs> no. So when it came down to actual competition, you fell short. Yeah, but see, your you wife. Fell short. See, but see, your wife said y'all were a team. It was the Parch team. So that would mean that it was the soon-to-be Morton team. Mm-hmm. Technically, I still won. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna ride those coattails of his, are you? Okay, I see what you did there. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, I never said I was a champ. You said you were the champ in your video for mm, a dance off. I, I never said I, I was the champ at Bowling. I see. I see. I see. Um, okay, that's fair. Okay, so your fiance beat all of us. I mean, yes. I, I'm pretty sure if we com- took all three of our scores and combined it, it still wouldn't. It would be barely enough to beat him. Um, how'd my wife do against you? <laughs> we tied in one game, actually. That's right, one seventeen. He did. That's right. It was so crazy, and she was so happy. By the way, she was, she was so, so excited. She was so happy that you guys are tied. You're like, oh, she was like, Hannah, we tied, and you're like, you're like, I guess I'll be happy. I'm not happy with myself. Yeah, I wanted a one twenty eight for each game. That's my average. That's for not a bad actual average. Not a bad league. average. League. It's not a bad average. Wow. See, you're going to thank me later. And okay. Here's why. Here's why. You're going to go tonight, when you go back to Acadiana Lanes for league play, mm-hmm. you're going to roll in there and you're going to be like, you know what? I thought I was good. I got shown up on Friday. It's time for me to take it out and show the rest of these fools up in these lanes who the boss is, and you're going to go out there and you're going to own it. You're welcome. You're welcome ahead of time. I'm waiting for the, like, five people at bowling that, like, know that I do this. Have asked me. So, Hannah. (laughs) How's that radio thing going? (laughs) Great, guys. Thank you. You go and you kick butt and take names tonight. That would be the plan. Yes. That's the plan. Show them no mercy. Yeah. Show them no mercy. There you go. Show them no more. You say, hey, you know what? I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to own you. Oh, you thought you were going to begin your work week off with a dub. Again, what's your team name? Do you have a team name? Balls to the wall. (laughs) By the way, I'm the only girl on my team, by the way, guys. Of course you are. It's fine. It's a great time. I love it. Hey, you're the one that makes these decisions. You're the one that I decides to be on a bowling team okay, with a bunch I, of dudes. I, I you're the one that decides to, to work in a station I with d- a bunch of dudes. I I tried to change the name. It did not happen. Because we have one bowler stepping down because he was doing four different leagues in a week. That, that's, that's a bit much. One of our older gentlemen, like the origin of the team, the OG of the team, is coming back because he had um, a lot of surgery. So... The plan is to have the old guys back and then still be only me. <laughs> I wanted to get like five names and the guys did not work. Oh, I'm stunned. They didn't go with that. No. <laughs> oh. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Keep it moving, people. Keep it moving. Keep it going. Ooh, what a weekend. Five names and her fiance started off their weekend with some bowling on Friday. 
We had Cajuns baseball, Cajun softball over the weekend as well. Cajun softball unable to get the sweep. They dropped their game Sunday, but they still beat Texas and then took two or three from Texas State, won yet another Sunbelt Conference series. But dropping that game is going to give Jerry Glasgow, you know, anxiety and give him something to work on. The baseball team for the Cajuns, meanwhile, they took two or three against Georgia Southern. That's back-to-back Sunbelt Conference series wins for them. They're not looking perfect. They're not a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination. They're flawed. Make no bones about it. They are flawed. But they're picking up series wins. They're picking up series wins. And that's really kind of all that matters, right? They're picking up more wins. They're trying to turn a corner. Took two, two of three from Georgia Southern. And the Cajuns baseball team, you look at their schedule, and we talked a little bit about this, that a lot of their more difficult, more challenging series, or at least what we perceive them to be before conference play started, right? Because these things do change. They're fluid, if you will. The Cajuns are 14-13 and 13 now overall on the season. Still four and five in conference play, so I have some work to do there. But they have won two series back-to-back. South Alabama and now Georgia Southern. They closed out Georgia Southern yesterday five to one. Now, they have the rescheduled game with Louisiana Tech, which they're going to package with the other scheduled game with Louisiana Tech. Why they agreed to play Louisiana Tech on the road twice this year, I'm not quite for sure why they did that. But they reschedule it, so they're just going to go spend a night up in Ruston. Lovely. They're going to play at the Fighting Texter Bulldogs tomorrow night and then Wednesday night. And then they're going to go on the road go take on Arkansas State for a three-game set. So it makes sense. I can understand why they picked that date to add the extra game to because they're like, hey, we're already going to have to be making our way up to Arkansas anyway for the road trip. So they likely will not come home now. They'll just travel after the game the next day and go up to Jonesboro from Ruston. So two games against Tech and then a three-game set against Arkansas State. And then they'll come back home on Tuesday the 12th and welcome in McNeese and then host a three-game set with ULM on Easter weekend. That'll be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All teams avoid playing on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. So it's an interesting stretch here for the Cajuns. These are winnable games. But what happens here? What happens if they lose both games to Tech? And Tech has shown great promise by beating LSU twice this year, right? But they've also lost a couple games where you go, what? Concluding getting roughed up by Southern Miss over the weekend. So, you don't know what you're quite going to get. But you'd think you like the Cajuns' chances here against Tech and against Arkansas State. And then ULM should be a winnable series as well. And they still got the Wally Ponoff Jr. Classic coming up on the in Baton Rouge on April 19th as well. 
So Cajuns, they get a little bit better, right? 14 and 13 overall. Four and five in conference play. But they do have the back-to-back conference series wins now, which is pretty good. Which is pretty good. And Coach Matt Deggs spoke afterwards yesterday on how important it was for his team to answer the bell after dropping Saturday's game like they did to come back and win on Sunday to win the series against Georgia Southern. I mean, that goes without saying. That was – it was a toughness day all the way around. You, you know, you can say whatever you want to say, uh, unless you've been in this ditch right here, as it's tough to respond to what happened yesterday. You're better off responding, getting kicked in the gut, you know, to have have it snatched like that from you and then have to wake up less than, I don't know how many hours it was, but it was quick. And uh, I got up at 4. The rest of the kids were eating breakfast here at 7.30. Uh, we're on the field at 8-something, taking BP. And uh, it's a quick turnaround. And I thought we did an amazing job. It started with Jeff Wilson on the mound, played good defense, and hitters battled all day today. You know, and they talked about their mindset. He shared it right there with us, right? The mindset. And and, and Jeff Wilson talked about, you know, how they felt like they gave away Saturday's game. We felt like we gave yesterday away, just to be completely honest. And, you know, the culture and the tradition here is just sweet, especially at home. And we need to get back to that. And two out of three is nice, but we always want the sweep. That's, that's what the, the good teams here did before us, and that's what we need to get back to. So there you go. They're happy they won the series. But they're not happy that the fact that they didn't sweep. And it's good to hear that from the guys, right? It's good to hear that from the players and the coaches saying, hey, you know what? Winning a series is great, but the expectation, the level, the the caliber of what Cajuns baseball should be is all about sweeping series, just not winning them, right? You like hearing that, especially with a team that's been up and down that's been struggling a little bit. It's good to hear that. And Deggs discussed that he feels like his team yet, even though it's now April the 4th, his team hasn't played their best baseball, not yet. We haven't played our best baseball. I hope not. I think we're better than what we've played. You know, I think we're on the cusp of, of kind of getting some momentum and, and getting on a little bit of a roll. But we got to go one game at a time, obviously, and continue to get good starting pitching. So there you go. Cajuns, they win the series over the weekend. Now they gear up for two up at Louisiana Tech before taking on Arkansas State in the three-game series up in Jonesboro, Arkansas. So, big week for the Cajuns. Let's see if they can continue building this momentum or not. You know someone who doesn't have to worry about building momentum? Man, gentlemen waiting out on the game hotline. Our good friend, some know him as Jamie, others know him as Mr. Green. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Thurman. I'm doing all right. How are y'all doing? We're living the dream, bud. We're living the dream. There's chair dance-offs and bowling, and now we're asking people to give us their recommendations on what song we should dance to this week. I mean, you know, it's it's what we do, bud. It's what we do. 
I got you. I got you. So I got uh, I got two recommendations for you, both write-ins. Ooh, ooh, and ooh, write-in votes. Are you ready, five go. names? You ready? Okay, five names is prepared. All right, here you go. The first one is the chicken dance. Oh, there it is. Got to go classic. Okay. And I mean, it played on it played like all the sports games, right? Uh, it's definitely played at weddings. <laughs> well, there is that. My second, uh, my second suggestion is this: Usher. Yeah. Oh, ooh, that's, see, that's a good one. See, that's a good one. See, we're gonna put those. We're gonna put those in the back pocket for next week because every week it's gonna be a different song, Jamie. Every week, we're gonna there ask you, you go. for a recommendation. Yes. My there man's already stuffing the ballots for next week. Jamie. Every Sunday, hey, look I forward to it. I do have a it. quick question for you, though, Mr. Third. Oh, I have one for you as well, but you shoot yours first, bud. All right. Uh, I was wondering what you thought about uh, South Carolina winning the women's championship. And if I'm not mistaken, weren't they number one the whole year through? Or did I misread that somewhere? I do believe that they were number one team throughout the entire season. They were the best team by far all year. I mean, if you paid any attention to women's basketball at all, they were by far the best team. I was not surprised that they did that to UConn. Look, Gino is a legendary coach, and UConn is the standard for women's basketball. They overtook Tennessee, what, 15 years ago as that standard? Um, and Gino has a really good team, and I think they're going to be a force to reckon with again next year. Uh, he Look, he's made 14 straight Final Fours. But that second yeah. quarter, South Carolina put on a clinic, right? I mean – they frustrated UConn, held them to, I think, what, it was 18 points in the second quarter. UConn couldn't do anything. They put themselves too much of a hole. And South Carolina had the bullseye on their back. Remember, last year they finished as runner-up. They had something to prove. You could argue they had one of the top three best players in college basketball on their roster. Dawn Staley gets championship number two. So, yeah, that was a dominant performance by the South Carolina Gamecocks winning their second national championship in women's basketball and doing so against the perennial powerhouse. I mean, that makes it even a little bit more special, right? When you do that and you beat the 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 caliber of program like UConn, right? You take down the best program of the last 25 years and you do so in convincing fashion. Credit Dawn Staley and her team. They were amazing. That's kind of like uh, NSU Demons beating LSU in baseball last year. Oh, there it is. My man. I have a question here. Is it, is it time for my question, Jamie? Sure, go ahead. Okay, bud. The producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, gets mm -hmm. physically ill. Like, there's a grimace on her face. Her nostrils are inflamed. And she gets knots in her stomach anytime Louisiana Tech is brought up on the program. She does not care for the Bulldogs and everything they stand for and that school. She's discussed why it is. My question to you is, as a Northwestern State graduate, shout out Demons of Destiny, do you despise the folks in Ruston as much as Hannah Five Names? Let's put it this way, Miss Five Names. There's a reason that I will take 165 up to Monroe and then east if I'm going that way, or 49 up to Shreveport and west if I'm going that way. I will not touch Ruston <laughs> with a 10-foot pole. 
You know, they have they have their own song. Mm. <laughs> yes. If you can't go to college, go to tech. If you can't go to college, go to tech. I'm sure y'all have heard that before, right? Yes. I hear their other song they play. Yes. When they're they're perfect in every way, that song. They love playing that after every football game. Yeah, that song. Let's talk it. <laughs> Jamie, thank you for your phone call, bud. Y'all have a good one. Oh. Hey. By the way. What? By the way. Jamie has no idea. But he just got thrown into a pool for something later this week. Oh, did he now? Oh, well, we're debuting it this week, remember? Oh. Well, it's because then we come back from the commercial break. That's right. We'll tell you what Jamie just put himself in and what all of you have the opportunity to put yourself in here on RP3 and Company. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, everyone is apparently part of the game family. Brother, 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 brother. Seriously, how many brothers does Ray have? Good morning to you, brother. Back to Ray and all of his brothers right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan Thee Stallion, Doja Cat, who got all emotional last night in the Grammys for some reason. That's just a few of the artists that are going to be there. That's the Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in lovely Gulf Shores, Alabama. Win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We teased it before the timeout that Jamie, because of the quality of the phone call, put himself in position for something. It's time to unveil it. Every Friday... Right here on RP3 and Company. The producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and yours truly will make a decision towards the tail end of the show where we will select one phone call from the week. That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the early part of Friday. One phone call from you, the listener. I'm talking about halftime. I'm talking about Doug. I'm talking about Jamie. I'm talking about James and the slew of others that call this show. And at the end of the week, one of you will be named the Game Changer of the Week. That's right. We will take your phone call. We will play it in its entirety and give you the distinction of being 
that week's Game Changer of the Week. And then we will share said phone call on social media. That way you can brag to all your friends that you're the Game Changer of the Week. Jamie's got his name. Whoop. Put it in the bucket. He had good shade for Louisiana Tech. That automatically puts him in the bucket. Yes. Five names has made yeah. the decision. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, if you want to have a chance to be named the Game Changer of the Week, you got to give us a call on the hotline every week. Hotline's always open. You know this. 337 That's 337-706-0111. And if your phone call is good enough, you could be the Game Changer of the Week. How about that? Woo-woo. Let's do it with a little bit more enthusiasm, shall we? Hold on. I'll, I'll start over. Here we go. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Here we go. You could be the game changer of the week. Woo-woo! Boom. There we go. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Cutting that up. going to be the intro. Boom. <laughs> oh, man. You can tell it's Monday. Yeah. You tell it's Monday after a long weekend. Should we, should we debut everything that's coming up this week? Oh, not everything. We'll wait till tomorrow to unveil the new thing. Oh, it's a Wednesday to undo that. Because we're doing thing. the dance party. Yeah. Right? Which, that's our poll question of the day. Every Monday, you will dis- determine which song the big, bald, and beautiful one and the producer extraordinaire will dance to throughout the week. We love to dance. We had a chair dance-off last week well we're gonna keep that thing moving but we need to hear from you with our poll question of the day that'll be our poll question every monday we're gonna ask you what song should we be dancing to this week where do we stand on our poll question of the week this so. producer extraordinaire <clears throat> hannah five names and 2022 long <laughs> name about chair and dancing <laughs> chair Dance-off extravaganza spectacular champion. Yeah. The people gave you the crown. The people came. You know what? They brought you the flowers, as I like to say. Really? Yeah, they brought you your flowers. You're the champion. You won. Well-deserved win. Okay. Shout out to you. Let's see where that comes from. Well, let's worry about that. So, our four options were, hey, ya, what is love, the power, and lean back? Currently... Wanting the love, I think it was Ton's fault. Ton did this. Oh, Ton! Oh, Ton's fault. Ton did we're, this. We're throwing blame at someone already. Yeah, That's a good way blamed. to start the week. That's how he did it. So right now, winning at thirty-six percent is what is love? What is love? Twenty-seven uh, percent for lean back, twenty-three percent for heya, and only fourteen percent for power. The reason I say is that it's Ton because Ton says on Twitter his tweet says, it had better be what is love. And karaoke tiebreaker, was that going to happen? Oh, karaoke tiebreaker. I'm not sure. I've never been to karaoke. I've been. Not Y'all are ready to see this. <laughs> I've been to a karaoke bar more than a few times. Okay. Sometimes you make decisions to spend time with a lady friend of yours back in the day. Okay, great. And, you know, she wants to it's go to karaoke, to so you go to karaoke. Even though you don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, even though you really, really don't want to. But I've never been, I've never got on stage and sung karaoke before. You have. On stage at somewhere? No. 
of course, at my house and at like my cousin's houses, we do I sleepovers. See. I see. Yes. Did we have lovely dance party and you know sing karaoke for all of our family as like a talent show type thing? Of course. There it is. Did we choreograph moves? Yes. Boom. Did I get stuck with lots of tacks on my foot because of it? Yes. <laughs> there's always there's always something a little extra I did. when you share. <laughs> there's always a little something extra. It just can't be just a straightforward story. Oh, I used to sing all the time with my family and friends and did a little karaoke thing. And then you say somehow that becomes you have extra <laughs> tacks in your feet. Yeah. My cousin my, my little cousin literally she decided she wanted to drop the little the tax like the pushpin tax the flat ones and she dropped them on the floor and I didn't know that she did so I got off the bed and somehow I had a piece of cardboard with like 12 tacks stuck in my foot I wasn't bleeding it's fine oh it's fine I'm I mean it's fine. it's fine that you have a it family was, member sore, that was fine. displaying psychopath you know the <laughs> psycho tendencies I mean, at a she young was age like three <laughs> I don't think she knew what she was doing she just went eh, dropped <laughs> oh drop right where you step out of bed there you are yeah. I don't know how it got there. No, she is, she, is she in Angola right now? No. <laughs> okay, just check. She's a really great uh, softball player now in like high school, and I'm kind of sad about it because she's growing up, and I don't like it. Anyone growing up in my family, I'm not, I'm not happy about it because I'm like the oldest. You 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 places. you do understand. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's had this talk with you yet. People have you, to grow up. I yeah, pe- pe- people grow up and they get older. Yeah, I don't like it though. <laughs> Like one's legal to drink, the other one now they're, they're renting an apartment God above bless my you. mom. I don't know. It's God, God bless you. Just go vote on the poll question of the Please day. Please do so. <laughs> Write in and vote from JBK to OD. Pour some sugar on me. <laughs> um, based on what the gift you shared with it, I'm assuming it's from the the song or the music video. Maybe I'm I'm good. It's fine. Um, or you never heard pour some sugar on me. I might have. And I just, there's a thing. I listen to song all the time. I can sing a song top to bottom, but will I know who sings it or what it's called? Probably not. We got to take a time out. There's so much this, this, this young woman needs to be taught. Go vote on our poll question of the day. You get to pick the song that we get to dance to this week. As we have our impromptu dance parties throughout this week. Whoop, whoop. You want to try that again? <laughs> there it is. There it is. We got to take a time out. When we return, Jeff Palermo will join us. We'll talk the fact that there's not a single player on the roster from last year's LSU men's basketball team left. Also, baseball dropping two or three against Auburn, the Plainsman. We'll talk about it with Jeff. That's next, right here. On RP3 and Company, you're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 doesn't play around when it comes to his personal life. I got one NFL team, I got one college team, I got one Major League Baseball team. And the big fella's also monogamous when it comes to his sports fandom. That's what I got my merch for, that's who I support, period. Call me old-fashioned. The end. Call me old-fashioned, that's fine. I'll be old-fashioned. RP3 is just committed to providing you with great sports talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana. Sports Station.
The LSU baseball team dropped its second series in SEC play in three weekends as they lose at home to the Auburn Tiger Plainsmen slash War Eagles. To break it all down, plus the fact that no Will Wade player wants to play for the new coach, which is kind of interesting, is our first guest of today's show. He is the news and sports director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He's also co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. It's our good friend, the one and only Jeff Palermo. Jeff, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Raymond. Doing well. Still want to be a part of your show. I, I haven't entered the transfer portal yet. Oh, um, oh thank but, goodness. Um, <laughs> we'll see how today goes. That may change. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Well, Jeff, Jeff, you've been with me through multiple producers, so I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, do, I do appreciate like you there, man. multiple ADs. You just yeah. survive it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's let's start on the diamond. Yeah, uh, the, the the same issues that have been worrisome for this team uh, were there yet again um, against Auburn. Uh, more so on Saturday's game was the fact that they left eleven runners on the base paths. We're three series into SEC play, and they've dropped two of them, and they're still having some pitching issues, and they're still having defensive issues. What do you make of what you've seen from Jay Johnson's team as it stands right now? Well, not only do you lose two SEC series, but you lose both of them at home against uh, schools that you should easily, well, I don't want to say easily, but schools that you're favored to at least win those series against. And you, you look down the road here, the schedule's going to, you got two big series on the road now. You'll be in Starkville this weekend, not an easy uh, place to win at, and then at Arkansas, which is also troublesome as well. So, uh, this is a team that is, uh, you know, as we saw in Gainesville when they when they put it all together, they can be very, it can be, it can they can look like a juggernaut, and then when you have a few things that are slightly off, whether it's fielding, maybe not pitch, maybe the pitching, uh, timely hitting, as you alluded to, well, they're gonna they're gonna struggle to win those games, and just trying to find that consistency is what Jay Johnson is looking for, and. I think if you're an LSU fan and you're and you're and you want to be optimistic about the potential of this team, I think all you have to do is look back to last year. They started one and eight in SEC play, and looked like they might not even make the NCAA tournament, and ended up getting to a super regional series against Tennessee. So, still a lot of baseball to work with, and I would say maybe this this team is more talented than last year's team. So. There's still that chance to kind of put it all together, but I, I think it really, I think it really just starts on just being better in the field, and I think that starts with you know Jordan Thompson said it after the game Saturday that it's not a confidence issue, but maybe it's a, maybe it's an attitude issue. Maybe it's an issue that you you know if, if the ball is hit to me, I'm going to make the play. Uh, and 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 working at it harder and and being more focused about it, I, you know, something something's not really sticking in. <laughs> it's not sticking with this team right now when it comes to how they're playing out in the field. They got hit with four more errors this weekend, and there were certainly a few more plays that could have been made that were not. You had the uh, the base hits on Saturday uh, on the uh, left side of the infield where you had Thompson and. 
Doty could collide against each other. Trey Morgan could have made a play on Thursday and didn't. So they're, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, um, it's got to be very exhausting for the coaching staff to try to figure out how to improve this team out on the field. Do you still believe Blake Money is a Friday starter? Well, you know, he uh, – I mean, is he the, the, the best Friday night starter that LSU's had? No, but I think he's their best option. I don't think you want to throw Mikhail Hilliard out there. And you look at what he was able to do in that game against Auburn. I mean, he coasted along through the first four innings, and then that inning just kind of fell apart on him. Again, there was a play that could have been made by Trey Morgan, and it was not. And uh, It just seemed like that was one of those innings that really snowballed against him. Now, you can also look at the fact that the three games that he's pitched here on Friday night, he's – that LSU has not won those games, but yeah, I, I mean, I think if um, I, I don't think I, I think he's probably better served as a number two guy or a number three guy, maybe not necessarily your Friday night starter, but I don't see LSU at this point uh, have any other. I don't think they have any other options uh, right now. I kind of like McKee. You don't want to move Mikhail Hilliard because that is. That's worked for you here the last couple of Saturdays. Yeah. Really, it's in SEC play. I mean, he's he's pitched very well in that in that role. Um, so you don't want to move him, and I think you just kind of keep sticking it out here with Blake Money and hope that uh, he improves here as the season goes along. Jeff, the the, the errors. A, you know, it reminds me in a lot of ways of kind of remember a few years ago when the team had all the arm soreness and and like every pitcher had arm soreness and you couldn't they couldn't get a handle on it and we couldn't figure out and they're like why is this happening why is why is this going on this this is it feels the same way to me like you're talking about talented guys you're talking about guys that are some of these errors that are being made are are being made by guys who are good with the glove and they're just making they have nearly 50 errors on the season and we're only in the beginning of April, is that something they can actually fix? Well, I keep thinking it can't get any worse. And maybe you could sit, you know, at least there were only four errors this past weekend. <laughs> but I also pointed out the two plays that really should have been made that were not, um, you know, and, and a lot of this is occurring with the middle infield. I mean, you got Kay Doty's got nine errors on the season, and Jordan Thompson's got ten. So that's 19 of the 44 errors that you've committed. Um, and then, you know, Jack Merrifield hasn't been the best over at third base when he's played there, hasn't been playing there that much lately. And then Jacob Berry's had a few issues. He's got four errors on the season. Uh, Trey Morgan, who's an outstanding defensive first baseman, has got three. So... I still think it could get better uh, just because it's been about as bad as it can get through the first 28 games of the season. And there needs to be some sort of level of some sort of improvement there. And maybe it's just going to take a couple of games where they play pretty much air free and they get this out of their head because it's got to be part mental at this point, just what we're seeing out on the field. So 
I think it's going to get better, but I agree with you. I, I don't know if they – I'm sure they've run all kinds of different drills. I'm sure they've – as far as the coaching staff has, I'm sure they've harped on, on it. I mean, every time you know one of these infielders gets in front of the media, that's one of the questions they're asked. So it's a, it's a big topic of conversation. I think everybody understands the problem. It's just trying to make sure it's not a problem anymore. And, and yeah, I, I, they're probably – just kind of really scratching their head, especially the coaches, on why they can't uh, field the ball better than they have so far this season. We're talking with Jeff Palermo. He's the news and sports director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He's also co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, this week is interesting. They'll have that midweek contest against Grambling tomorrow night at the box. And then they have to go to Stark Vegas, as you mentioned, to take on a Mississippi State team who – is your defending national champion, even though they're not nearly as talented or as good as they were a year ago. What are some of the challenges, though, the Bulldogs present to the Tigers? Well, yeah, they do have that championship pedigree. They've had um, uh, they've had some. They had they got off to a tough start this season. You know, they lost their first two games against Long Beach State, and they've lost some other game. You know, they've lost to North. Uh, they've lost to Northern Kentucky. Uh, Tulane went up there and beat them in a series. Uh, so they, they've had their – they certainly had their issues. They um, they gave up a bunch of runs this past weekend. They gave up they, – they lost their first two games to Arkansas. Gave up 20 runs in those first two games. They got absolutely – gave up a bunch of runs, too, against Georgia earlier this season. So um, I would – you know, just you know, looking at them, it, this is a team that does not look like it's got – they're very strong on the mound, just based on that. I mean, they've they've given up double-digit runs this season. So, uh, but I would say the biggest thing is is that uh, this is a tough place to play. Uh, you're going to have huge crowds there if the weather is anything like it was this past weekend. I mean, you're you're talking there will be some big crowds. But then again, uh, maybe that might be good for this team. Maybe that just adds to the overall focus that they're certainly missing from. But this is a Mississippi State team that's, that really hasn't been hitting the ball very well. Uh, they're only team average of 263, and they got a team ERA above five. So they've, they've had their issues there, but they do field well. They've they're, they got the second-best fielding percentage in the Southeastern Conference, so they do that. So um, next two series on the road for LSU, and it, it's really time to, to focus in on uh, at, at this point. And, you can go back to again last season where LSU started one and eight in SEC play, and after the first three series, that's where LSU started putting things together. And here we are in the month of April, and it's time now for LSU to play a little bit more consistently. So I don't know if it's so much the opponent that they'll be facing this weekend, more so of you know what LSU needs to do, and that's uh, get the clutch hits. Uh, I think the pitching. You can you can make an argument that the pitching's better than what you thought it was going to be this season for LSU. I mean, they're fourth in the SEC in team ERA. I think if you asked LSU fans if you had a team ERA around three point five at the beginning of April, I think most people would take that. So I don't think the pitching's been that bad. I think it's been pretty good. Uh, but um, yeah, more clutch hitting and obviously better out in the field would certainly help. Jeff, appreciate your time. Tell the people quickly what you guys got lined up for Tiger Rag Radio this week, bud. Well, we got uh, Pro Days Wednesday at uh, LSU, so we'll uh, certainly preview that. 
Uh, we've got spring practice, uh, five practices in the books, talking a lot more football, baseball. We'll dive into that as well. So um, plenty, to, to, plenty to chew on uh, for Tiger Rag Radio after the Grambling game on Tuesday night. Jeff, appreciate your time. As always, brother, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you next Monday. All right, thanks. Appreciate it, Braven. We're going to take a timeout. Update the poll question of the day. Close out hour number two. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Get lasting joint pain relief without surgery, without drugs, without downtime. New options are now available right here. Regenerative treatments at QC Kinetics. Hey, that's Raymond Parts the third talking about biological therapies. This is the most exciting medical development in years. These remarkable regenerative treatments actually encourage your own body to heal the damaged tissue in your joints. Pro athletes have done this for years. Now it's available for folks like us. If you've been struggling with knee, back, shoulder, or hip pain, arthritis pain of any kind, you need to check out this exciting natural alternative with incredible patient satisfaction reports. Biological therapies at QC Kinetics. Effective treatments for chronic joint pain with no drugs and no surgery. Call for a free consultation now. Learn more about the regenerative options available to help you get pain free. Call the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Call now. 337-243-4222. That's 243-4222. 243-4222. Got some news to share with you. Tiger Woods is in Augusta. He's there for the Masters. We just don't know if he's going to be able to play. He has said he's there. He's practicing there. But essentially going to be a game time decision whether or not he actually, actually plays. He's there. He's part of the field, but his body may not allow him. So he's going to go through the process here early in the week. Once again, par three contest is on Wednesday. The first round will be Thursday there from Augusta. Okay, We'll get a huge preview on that from someone who will be there, Scott Rabelais from The Advocate, who covers the Masters every year. He'll join us on Wednesday to do so. But Tiger Woods is in Augusta. He's practicing, but he will make the decision whether or not he believes he can actually go and actually compete in this year's Masters tournament. So we'll keep you posted on that once the decision's made there. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three, we're going to kick it off with Raging Cajun Talk with Jay Walker. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
hour number three has arrived. Ooh, final hour of today's Monday edition. It's gone extremely smooth here inside the game studios today. <laughs> yeah. As smooth as a wooden stick. <laughs> Yet here we are. Hour number three. <laughs> still on the air. We are making it happen. We are pushing it, pushing so through hard. this morning. You're so listen to, you're so tired already. It's not a good sign if you're already exhausted. Three more hours. <laughs> and you still got to deal with footsie. Yeah, that's that's Yay. the other part of that. By the way, oh my goodness. Uh, no, we've had, we're having fun. We're having fun. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter for that. Oh, man. We've touched on a lot of topics already today. Obviously, Final Four, recapping that. Uh, first game of the weekend of the Final Four, look, Kansas came out. They beat up on wounded Villanova, raced out to a 10-0 run, built up their lead all the way up to 19, and then kept the Wildcats at bay. Led wire to wire. Bill Self's team's playing for a national championship tonight inside the Superdome. The second game on Saturday was far more entertaining and electric. I mean, it just really was inside the Superdome on Saturday uh, for North Carolina versus Duke. And the Tar Heels, hey, man, they ruined Coach K's final game inside Cameron Indoor, and then they ruined his final game this time in the Final Four. And Tar Heels as your eight seed under a first-year head coach are playing for the national title. Blue Bloods battling it out tonight inside the Superdome we'll have it for you live right here on the game tip is scheduled wait for it 8 20 8 20 man my wife was so funny she was like yeah because I went for the final four on Saturday and I didn't get back in that game didn't the second game didn't tip till 7 45 so I didn't get home until almost two and so she was like hey what time does the game tip on Monday? And I said, oh, I think it's around the same time. It's probably like 7, 7.30. And then I looked it up, and I was like, so it doesn't tip till 8.20, dear. And she goes, how are you going to do that with having to host a show at 6 o'clock in the morning? I go, I'm not. <laughs> I'll, I'll be watching the national championship game from the old recliner today. But it wasn't all just Final Four over the weekend. Raging Cajuns, man, they had a good weekend. Softball team went on the road, got another series victory, this time against Texas State. Unable to get the sweep, but they do get the series win. And back home here, the Raging Cajuns baseball team, well, they took down a good Georgia Southern team, won the series, once again responded by winning the rubber match on Sunday. And to talk all about the Raging Cajuns is our next guest. It's time for us. To talk to the longtime voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker. Listen up, UL fans. It's time to talk all things Raging Cajuns with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. Here is Colin Cajuns on RP3 and Company. Jay, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm terrific. I, I told Hannah that I was on my second cup of coffee, and I have one and one half eyes open. <laughs> oh, bud, you're going to need some coffee for the road trip up in lovely Ruston this week and then up to Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, lovely country, lovely part of the country. We'll talk about that 
here shortly. Let's talk about this past weekend. I I love what I'm seeing in regards to this team of how they're responding, right? They drop the game on Saturday, and yet they come back, and it's always difficult to win the rubber match, and they did it again, Jay. Talk about just some of your biggest takeaways from this past weekend. Well, I think the biggest thing is if you take the three starting pitchers, uh, Brandon Talley and Jacob Schultz and Jeff Wilson, and look at what they did over the first five innings um, and their starts, they gave up exactly a grand total of two runs. And, you know, the old mantra is always you want your starting pitcher to get you off to a good start. And that happened three times. And and I want to say it's probably the first time that it's happened three times. Um, so I was very encouraged by that. Um, I thought I thought Wilson was just superb yesterday. I thought uh, I thought Schultz was great on Saturday. Tally gave him what they needed on Friday, and then the bullpen took over. I, I this team starting, I, and I think what it is, Ray, and I could be wrong, but I think what it is is this pitching staff is starting to sync with Seth Thibodeau mm. because every one of these guys has a new pitching coach this year. And he's a very different pitching coach from B.J. Ryan. And, I, you know, when that happens, when you have change, it takes a while for everything to connect. But I see it starting to connect now, and that's very encouraging. Yeah, and look, I mean, we're only, you know, it's only early April we got to think of it. Yes, look, there's always fall baseball, and I get all that, and that's practice time. But you really start developing a bond, and the light bulb usually starts to, to come on for guys with their coaches in the season, right? It, it, that Nothing is more valuable than in-season experience and being coached by someone during a season. And I think you're starting to see that. Talk a little bit about, obviously, well, let, let's focus on Wilson because, man, he has just been so good. Jay, he's been really, really good. Has he turned into the the best pitcher on the staff? Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, I th- I think all three of those guys over the weekend were pretty doggone good. What I what I love about Wilson is, and and it's the reason they have him on Sunday. He's going to throw strikes. He's not going to walk a bunch of people, and so therefore he's not going to be generous. And a lot of times on Sunday, the other guy for the other team is the Sunday guy because they really can't figure out who they want on Sundays. And sometimes that guy's real generous. And so that's why Wilson is in the Sunday spot when he goes out and he's throwing his slider for a strike. He becomes very, very good. And he had the good slider yesterday. You know, he, he throws 87 to 89. He's not a hard thrower, but that fastball becomes that much more effective if he's got command of the slider. And and he did yesterday, and he just cut him up. Jay, it was also a good weekend for C.J. Willis, the, the young man from the Ruston area who began his career in college at LSU and is you know transferred and uh, trying to develop as a player. You see a guy that is well-respected by his teammates and his coaches that always talk so well about him to have him go out there and have a good weekend or at least have a really good day, you you, got to love that, especially someone who's on the call. Well, you know, CJ, you're absolutely right, okay? He really has the respect of that dugout 
because he's a guy who works while he waits. You never see him complain if he's if he's not in the starting lineup. He's the first guy out to congratulate his teammates when things go well. You root for a teammate like that. Now, CJ is an outstanding fastball hitter. And you had over the weekend some guys who really liked the fastball. And and yesterday, you know, Matt noticed what was going on with the Georgia Southern staff and said, I have a feeling that CJ can get something done. So he went ahead and put CJ in the game and he gets two doubles and a triple. Now, Uncle Charlie gives him some trouble, all right? But he's a dead <laughs> red outstanding fastball hitter. And he got he got a couple of fastballs and he did what CJ does with fastballs. He hit them, he barreled them up, uh and he was a big part of the weekend. We're talking with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, they get their second series win in Sunbelt Conference play. And now they have what I call an interesting week because they have the rescheduled Louisiana Tech game and they're going to have to play at Tech back-to-back days. Now, they're doing that because of the rescheduling. I'm not really for sure why they're playing at Tech twice this year. Um, I'm sure they'll return the favor and they'll come and play the Cajuns twice maybe next year or whatever it might be. No, but actually, actually what happened was they played twice in Lafayette last year That's because right. the uh, because the ballpark wasn't quite ready, their new ballpark. That's right. That's so right. The agree- was, that's right. So they're the still doing the love shack. We play in Ruston twice this year. There we go. This Tech team, though, I, I, don't, I can't get quite a handle on who they are. They've looked really good like they're world beaters, that they're a ranked team. They take down LSU twice. And then they get roughed up by Southern Miss. I, I don't know. They're wildly inconsistent. Is that a fair assessment of what you've seen from the Bulldogs? You know, I think overall they've been pretty consistent. Look, there's no shame to lose a series in Hattiesburg to Southern Miss. Mm, no. Southern Miss is really good. Um, and we saw that. And, you know, that that became a great rivalry while the two of them were in Conference USA together. Um, and they had record crowds um, at Pete Taylor Park. Uh, three of the top ten crowds of all time, including the biggest crowd ever, 5,700 on Saturday. So, uh, you know, no no shame in going losing two out of three there. No, this is a good this is a good team, and I think the surprise is they swing the bat better than I think folks thought. They returned some really good pitchers, and you knew that they were going to be really good on the weekend. But they lost some really good bats. Now they still have a couple that are back from last year. But there are a lot of new faces, and yet Louisiana Tech really hasn't missed a beat offensively. And that, I think, was a little bit of a surprise. It's a good ball club. Lane Burroughs does an excellent job as their head coach. This is a big opportunity for the Cajuns Tuesday and Wednesday because you're going up. you got a chance to get road wins against a quad one team, and that yep. is a big deal when you start looking at the RPI. So, this uh, Tuesday and Wednesday's big. Those are big games for the Cajuns. They have the two games against Louisiana Tech up in Ruston at the Love Shack Tuesday and Wednesday. But then they have to make the drive afterwards up to Jonesboro for a three-game set against Arkansas State. The game plan, Jay, is for them just to stay in Ruston and just drive up the day. They're not coming back to Lafayette, right? They're not coming back home. They're just going to leave Ruston and go up to Jonesboro right after the game, right? Well, they'll they'll actually leave Thursday morning. Okay. Um, it's it's a from Ruston. It's right at five hours to get from Ruston to Jonesboro. Because there's no so good that, way to get there. Well, actually, there is. 
You take Highway 167, which is a four-lane road, all the way into Little Rock, and then you get on Highway 67, and that takes you virtually right into Jonesboro. So it's not a tough drive at all, and it'll be just a little bit under five hours. Okay. And, um, you know, they'll, they're going to face an Arkansas State team that has really, really struggled. Uh, and the reason that they've struggled is after their starting rotation, their bullpen has just been, just been god-awful when you get right down to it. But Arkansas State can swing it. That's a good-hitting team that the Cajuns are going to be playing. So when the Cajun offense has opportunities, they need to make the most of them because Arkansas State's going to score some runs. And the, the elements aren't going to be great. You know, Friday it's going to be really cold up there. The high temperature is going to be 50. It'll probably be in the low 40s at game time Ooh. with the wind blowing at about 10 to 15 out. Now, Matt Deggs loves the fact the wind's going to be blowing out. The weather gets better throughout the weekend. Sunday, temps will be in the 70s, and that wind will have switched around. Um, so, you know, they, they've got a lot of things that they've got to be concerned about playing at Arkansas State. And look, in 2014, when the Cajuns won 58 games, they went to Arkansas State and dropped one of those. So the Red Wolves at home can be a dangerous team. Things haven't gone their way, but usually – as you get deeper into the season and the weather warms up, Arkansas State gets better. Plus, it's always – and it's a cliche for a reason, right, Jay? It's always tough to win on the road in conference play. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. It's just always more difficult. But it does seem like this team, that Deggs' team, may be built for that, may be built to, to, to have some success on the road. Well, I, you know, one of the things about when you play on the road is – it's like that old song, you and me against the world, right? I mean, you've got your team. You don't have, you know, a, a, a thousand fans, you know, trying to, to get your attention. And that sometimes is a, is a real positive. And I'm going to guess that you're not going to see a whole lot of parents making that trip to Jonesboro uh, <laughs> over the weekend. It's just a hard place to get to. You know, if you live in South Texas, for instance, well, you're, you're probably not going to drive it, all right? You're going to fly to Memphis and rent a car. Um, you know, it's just, not, it's just not an easy place to get to. So, and the facility's bad, and the weather's going to be cold. So it's, it's going to be an, a, kind of an isolating thing where Matt Deggs and his coaching staff's going to have the complete attention of that baseball team. Sometimes that's a good thing. Jay? Appreciate your time as always, brother. Be safe on your travels this week up to Ruston and up to Jonesboro. And we'll talk to you next Monday, bud. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Bye, Hannah. That's Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, joining us there. Look, it, it, it's it is a big week for them because they've they've clawed and fought their way back. They're above five hundred now. Now they have, as Jay said, those quadrant one victories. They have an opportunity to get one of those, at least one, if not two, against Tech during the midweek games, and then they have to watch out for Arkansas State. So, hey, get get yourself a quad one win. Maybe get you a sweep or another series victory. You can start have, seeing them kind of turn the corner, but this is a big week for them. You can't sleep on Arkansas State. You can't be just focused on taking down the Bulldogs. we got to take a timeout. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, McNeese Baseball. 
They had a bounce back weekend. It ended with disappointment, but the weekend overall was a good one for Justin Hill's team. We'll talk about that next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 4th, 1988, Kansas defeats Oklahoma 83-79 in the NCAA Men's Tournament Championship game. Jayhawks power forward Danny Manning is named the tournament's most outstanding player. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Danny and the Miracles. Danny, man. Larry Brown was the head coach of that Kansas team that won the national championship. Larry Brown, of course, would go on to be a legendary coach in the NBA, including winning a world championship with the Detroit Pistons in the early 2000s. That was the no-name Pistons team that took down the mighty Lakers, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Back in the day, Larry Brown was the coach of his 1,700 stops in his coaching career. He coached the Kansas Jayhawks to the national championship there. Poll question of the day. Which one of these will be the dance break song of the week? We're going to start a new thing. Every week, we're going to ask you to vote on which song, Hannah Five Names, and the Big Bald and Beautiful One, yours truly, RP3, will randomly dance to throughout the week. You guys loved us dancing so much that we're going to make it part of the show now. But we want to know from you, which one of these will be the dance break song of the week? Right now, whew, votes are tight. 33% say, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No more. 30% say, lean back. 20% say, hey, y'all. And 17% say, the power. Let's get to some comments. Darren, number one Raging Cajun fan of RP3 and Company, says, do something to some New Orleans bounce or the bunny hop. <laughs> I love that comment. Salty Steve on Twitter says, if RP3 is to have a chance, I think you have to go old school, like Saturday Night Fever. Ooh, little BGs up in here. We already you already talked about JPK the OD, and yes, that is a gif from Def Leppard to pour some sugar on me. Ton says it had better be what is love and karaoke tiebreaker. When's this going to happen? The people want the karaoke tiebreaker. Heart on Twitter says any song from the Roadhouse soundtrack an option. Oh, and Christopher says I want to see RP3 dance like Andre 3000. He wants to see me dance like a Polaroid picture. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Five names. We still have a little time here. (laughs) Yeah. Make your pitch. What do you want the people to vote for? Which song do you want the folks to vote for that you want to dance to this week? I mean, I really do like the the beat of What is Love. But then again, your action of Hey Ya... It is a classic. They're all classics, technically. Um, I'm going to say, what is love? Oh, what is love? That's what Five Names wants to dance to. Y'all keep voting on this. We'll even get the intern Becca involved. Because, you know, she sways the people. The people love her, too. Yeah. So, you know. I'm just saying, though. You're just saying? Heart 
It's talking about Roadhouse, but yet I've yet to receive the movie due to watch it. Because I thought you said you had it, and you're bringing it in. Uh... Hey, I had some stuff going on. You know, I was covering a Final Four, if that's okay. That was on Saturday, but the rest of the week. They were sleeping. <laughs> they were beating you in bowling. What? Okay, again, this, that's just two days of the week. <laughs> we're bypassing I that. will see if I have it. I may not have it. That would suck. I'm sorry. I apologize. You know what Hopefully doesn't suck? What? What McNeese baseball team did over the weekend? They what got a they series do? win. They huh. got a series win. They went down and took two of three from the Colonels of Nichols down in Thibodeau. Now, they lose the finale. They were looking for a sweep. They lose that in extra innings. Lose that game 8-7 to seven yesterday. They had a chance. They even played it a run in the top of the 10th. And they looked like they were going to win that, but Nichols was able to score two in the bottom of the 10th to win it in walk-off fashion. They fall in the finale, but they do take two or three from Nichols. They're now 15-13 and 13 overall on the season. And it's a good bounce-back weekend for Justin Hill's team. Remember, they had lost two of three to Houston Baptist, one of the worst teams heading into conference play. But then you look at the standings. Southland is wide open. Northwestern State, that's right, the Fighting Jamie Greens, they are atop the conference right now at 5-1 and one after two weekends of series play. Now, they're only 15-12 and 12 overall, though, the Demons are, but they've started off strong in conference play, 5-1. and one. Nichols is now 4-2 and two after McNeese just took two of three from them. And then you have a log jam. UNO, McNeese, Houston Baptist are all three and three in conference play. AM Corpus Christi, two and four. Incarnate Ward, two and four. And Southeastern, the Lions, who we saw give the Cajuns everything they could handle. We saw them actually beat the defending College World Series champions, Mississippi State. They're at the bottom of the conference. They're 10 and 18 overall. So. Even though Northwestern State has started strong here in Southland Conference baseball play, this conference is wide open. So even though the Cowboys have started off slow, even though they lost their first weekend series going on the road down in Thibodeau, which is not a tough, which is not an easy place to play, mind you, puts them right there back in the hunt after two weekends. And the Cowboys, look, Justin's Hill's team last year was a slow starter as well, remember? They turned it on after the Northwestern State road trip. They finished strong, and then they won the conference tournament. I don't think they have to wait that long to turn it on, but they're now 15-13 overall, even in conference play, 3-3. Three and three. Went on the road, got a tough series victory. They're going to play Prairie View A&M on Wednesday there at the Joe, and then they'll go on the road for a three-game set at UNO, one of those teams that they're jumbled up with in the Southland Conference standings. And then after that, guess what? They're going to make the short trip on I-10 to come over here to Lafayette to take on the Raging Cages, which should be a heck of a ball game a week from Tuesday. So Justin Hill's team gets a much-needed series win. They would have loved to get the sweep. I know they're disappointed in that, losing in extra innings. But still, after the second weekend, they're still right there in the hunt, right there in the mix. So... Still got everything in front of them to accomplish. Big weekend series, though, against UNO this coming weekend. We got to take a timeout. When we return, 
We're going to turn our attentions back to the Final Four and the National Championship game because Adam Spencer, our good friend from Saturday Down South, is going to join us. We're going to recap the two games over the weekend, touch on the Women's National Championship game as well, and then preview tonight's National Championship game. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. some hosts that talk like they know everything but you don't have to worry about our guy rp3 what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard that's because he never knows what he's talking about everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it back to the show in the know rp3 and company on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station Oh, you can experience Festival International like never before by winning the game's Festival International Prize Pack. Sign up for the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and you'll get the chance to score a pair of Bonton passes. That's right. You'll get exclusive access to front row and stage areas, shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms, express drink lines, shirts, pins, and a poster. Woo! If you love Festival International, this is the prize package for you. Experience Festival like never before by winning the Festival International prize pack from the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. But right now, it's time for us to talk Final Four. Talk national championship games with our good friend from Saturday down south, the one and only Adam Spencer joins us now. Adam, good morning to you, bud. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I had had a, a great time at my first Final Four on Saturday covering it, and then I was excited about coming back to cover the title game tonight until I realized when the tip-off time was, and I said, uh, that's not going to work for a 6 o'clock show. So <laughs> I was like, 8.20? 8.20? Adam, why are they tipping off at 8.20, man? That's beyond prime time. Why are they tipping at 8.20 today? Oh, that's not beyond prime time. You, you guys on the, you know, you East Coasters, uh, you know, that Eastern time zone, they like to keep them up late <laughs> and get the West Coast viewers out, uh, you know, after work. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess uh, – you know, they're not used to – not everybody has a 6 a.m. show, so they're, uh, they're not really uh, considering <laughs> folks like us who have to get up early the next day, you know? 8.20, bud. That seems, that's, that's a little late. That's a little late in the evening. All right, let's go back to Saturday. Uh, Kansas is a team – and you and I have talked about this. Kansas feels like they're a team that no one really talked about or really, really paid attention to, and yet they're the only one seed left in the tournament in the Final Four – and they came out, and I know Villanova was hobbled, but they came off and established themselves right off the bat. 10-0 run, never gave up the lead, led wire to wire in a pretty dominant fashion over Villanova. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they have a lottery pick in Ochai Agbaji, and uh, they had 
the size advantage over Villanova. Even if Justin Moore played, they had the size advantage because Villanova didn't have anybody who could match up with David McCormick. And, uh, you know, those two really dominated the game. And uh, I think that was to be expected. And, yeah, the loss of Moore really did hurt the the Wildcats. But uh, the Jayhawks, they just they're, they're cruising right along. You know, they're they're putting together dominant performance after dominant performance. You know, the second half against Miami really seemed to spark something in this team. And, uh, you know, they have a bunch of veteran leaders, and that's something that you need on stages like this. And uh, so they're going to be tough for North Carolina to beat. They would have been tough for Duke to beat. Uh, so, you know, yeah, people aren't necessarily paying as much attention to Kansas, but, uh, but this is a really good team that Bill Self has. You know, they also seem to be very deep to me, and I know they have some seniors on this team. You know, we look back the COVID year, a lot of folks thought that Kansas team was a legit national title contender, probably could have won it. Uh, how much does, does the experience of this team, essentially being the same team from last year, being back, how much does that play in how good this Jayhawks team is? That's what you need in March these days. Uh, you know, the last five national champions haven't had a freshman among the top three scorers, and that's going to hold this year. Uh, you know, North Carolina doesn't have any freshmen, but it relies heavily on uh, Kansas doesn't have any freshmen in the top three in scoring. So, yeah, this is a this is a really veteran-laden squad, and that's what we've seen dominate in March Madness. It's it, it's just it's not a tournament that since 2015 when Duke won it, it's just not a tournament that's been dominated by freshman one and done and uh you know so kansas these guys have played together for multiple years they know each other's tendencies they trust each other and uh they they you know they know each other like the back of each other's hands and uh and that that plays well that and we've seen you know here they are in the title game and and that's uh that's a big part of it is that they have gone through the ringer together on the other side was the the marquee matchup, the one that everyone was kind of waiting for. And let me tell you, uh, Adam, it lived up to the hype. The The Superdome was absolutely electric. And the fans, the Duke fans and the North Carolina fans packed that place, and they were loud and proud. And it was a hell of a ball game, right? No one led more than, I think, by like four points. And it was back and forth, back and forth. What was the big takeaway for you now that the dust has settled, so to speak, on why the Tar Heels were able to pull out and beat Duke yet again. It was foul trouble. You know, Duke wasn't able to get Baycott in foul trouble. They they had a couple fouls on him, but they weren't able to get that third on him until later. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, Theo John picked up four fouls in like 10 minutes. And, uh, and Mark Williams was in foul trouble all night. You know, they only got 31 combined minutes from Mark Williams and Theo John. And that allowed Baycott to, you know, to rack up those 21 rebounds that he got, including a couple of key ones after, after his ankle injury to seal the game. Uh, and then Caleb Love was just transcendent. He really stepped into the role that his team needed. They needed somebody to make something happen offensively, and he was like, "Okay, I'll do that. Give me the ball." And he just went to work. And uh, you know, he he's been really good this tournament. Uh, he's had a couple of, you know, of bad games, but when he's on, he's he's absolutely on, and he was on 
on uh, on Saturday night, and that you know those two guys were were the key to success for in North Carolina, especially uh, you know Baycott getting Duke's bigs in foul trouble the way he did. You know, the other thing that stood out to me, Adam, was they did not appear to play like a team that was an eight seed or to play like a team that was coached by a first-year head coach. They seemed to be composed. They never got rattled. They The moment wasn't big. To, it wasn't too big for them. Where does that come from? Is that just how Hubert Davis has been able to connect with his team and kind of turn a corner with them, especially – after they lost, uh, what was that, to Pitt? Well, it was really a bad loss during the middle of the season? Well, I mean, yeah, you got to look at, uh, you know, the talent on this team. And the, the big takeaway that I've had with North Carolina is that they should, they had no business being an eight seed. You know, they, they deserved it based on where they stood in the regular season, but they drastically underperformed during the regular season. Uh, you know, their talent level is that of, uh, two or three seed, um, you know, we shouldn't be looking at the eight in front of their name because they shouldn't be an eight. They, but, you know, they it just took them a little bit of time. You know, they had a couple of big losses in non-conference play. And, uh, you know, they, they, they just took some time to adjust to Hubert Davis and his style over Roy Williams, who's retired now. And, uh, and it took them a while to get going, but they played some of their best basketball down the stretch. And then, uh, you know, outside of the hiccup in the ACC tournament, you know, they've been magnificent in the in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, even almost blowing that 25-point lead to Baylor aside, you know, they also had a 25-point lead against a number one seed. So, you know, this has been a team that has really come together in the NCAA tournament and started playing up to its talent level. And that's been impressive to see. We're talking with Adam Spencer of Saturday Down South. He joins us here on RP3 and Company, talking Final Four, talking championship game. Adam, do you believe this team is disciplined enough to be able to come back from the emotional high of vanquishing their bitter rival and doing so on such a big stage and being able to come back and regroup in enough time to take down Kansas? Yeah, I would have been more worried if the championship game was yesterday, like in in a conference tournament style format but i think that the day off allows them to to refocus reset uh the biggest question that i have is about big cop's ankle like he's going to play i mean he'll be out there but just how effective is he you know does does his ankle cause him to not be as swift on his feet and pick up a couple early fouls like if i'm kansas i'm going straight to mccormick in the paint and uh testing Baycott's ankle on like the first three possessions just to see what we're working with here. And uh, you know, that's, that's the biggest key to me. I'm not super worried about them uh, rebounding after the, after the emotional high because of the day off. But, uh, and, and I think Hebert Davis has, will get that under control too. But uh, I am a bit worried about, about the ankle injury because they don't really have anybody else who size wise can match up with, with David McCormick. So if Baycott is not even at like 80%, then they're going to be in trouble. Who do you got tonight and why, bud? I'm going to go with North Carolina. Uh, I, 
I love the way Caleb Love is playing right now. I think R.J. Davis is a, is a heck of a player too, um, but Caleb Love has just been—he's been a superstar in these past couple of games. And uh, you know, he he had 22 of his 28 points against uh, against Duke in the second half. So he's a closer. The moment's not too big for him. Uh, he can make some crazy shots. Uh, you know, he he's stepping into the role that. People thought he was going to step into when he committed to North Carolina. Um, he's a St. Louis guy, which pains me as a Missouri graduate. But, there it uh, is. You know, there it wanted, is, bud. He wanted to come to Missouri, <laughs> but ended up in North Carolina. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of Missouri guys on display tonight. But uh, I think Caleb Love gets the job done. I think he hits some clutch shots down the, down the stretch, and North Carolina pulls this thing off. Interesting question uh, that I was asked over the weekend, so I'm going to ask you, Adam. Who's going to be now with Roy Williams retiring last year and Coach K retiring now? Who becomes the face of college basketball? I mean, you have a, you could say Tom Izzo, you could say Jay Wright, John Calipari, Bill Self. Who is it in your opinion? Who's going to become the face, the older statesman? You know, uh, you know, the, the guardian of the game, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think. Coach uh, Coach Cal's going to get a lot of attention, um, but you know he has to start you know putting together some March Madness success to really lay claim to that whole face of the sport thing. You know he hasn't won a title since uh, 2012 and hasn't been to a Final Four in a while either. So I think that really he he needs to have some more postseason success. So I'm going Jay Wright. You know he's got the two titles. He got this year's team to the final four, you know, year after year, he puts together these incredible wildcat teams. And, uh, you know, he does it a little bit under the radar. Uh, so you know, I think, I think Jay Wright's the guy, you know, he might not, he might not look at with those fancy suits anymore, but, uh, you know, I, I think that Jay Wright's the answer to that question. Wrapping up our conversation with Adam Spencer of Saturday down South. He joins us here on RP three and company talking final four, Want to get your thoughts on the women's title game and the season that the South Carolina Gamecocks had? They were the best team all year, and they proved it yes again during the tournament, and they proved it against UConn and maybe the greatest coach in women's basketball history in Gino Amara. They South Carolina was clearly the better team last night. Were you surprised of just how good? the Gamecocks, how much better the Gamecocks were than the Huskies? Yeah, I was surprised a little bit. You know, I, I, I thought that they did a really magnificent job defensively, you know, only allowing 49 points. I mean, that was, that was a, a master class in, in defense that the Gamecocks put on. And, uh, you know, I, I think Don Staley is, uh, is one of the best coaches of any sport in any college rank right now uh you know she's she's doing some great work with south carolina you know getting this title just cements her legacy and uh you know i i wonder you know i i wonder if the nba is next you know there's been some flirtations there um you know she's interviewed for a couple of jobs and uh and i i just wonder if if she's the one that uh, breaks through at the pro level because I think she can coach anybody to do anything. She's that good. Adam, 
Appreciate your time as always, brother. Before I let you go to the people where they can go to read all your work and how they can follow you on social media, bud. Yeah, uh, SaturdayDownSouth.com. Uh, you can sign up for our free college basketball newsletter at BlueChipGrit.com. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Spencer Ford. Adam, appreciate your time, bud. Enjoy tonight's game, brother. Oh, I'm sure I will. We'll be up late, though. But it'll be <laughs> worth it. Hey, just a reminder, the North Carolina Tar Heels and the Kansas Jayhawks are going to face off tonight in the Caesars Superdome in the NCAA National Championship game. You can listen to all the exciting action right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Tip is set for 820. That's right. Get your nap in this afternoon. Make sure you got plenty of energy to stay up late to watch the national title game. Listen to the Tar Heels and the Jayhawks battle it out for the crown right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up today's show, finalize the poll question of the day. We get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. It's all next right here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Ah, poll question of the day time. The producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your chair dance-off champion is going to finalize the poll and give us what song is going to be part of the RP3 and Company dance party this week. It'll be the song that we will dance to randomly throughout the rest of the week. She'll finalize those results. That was our poll question of the day. want to take a moment to thank our guest, Jeff Palermo from Tiger Rag Radio, breaking down all things LSU. Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, of course, spoke about the Vermilion and White. And Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South talking Final Four and previewing the national title game. Poll question of the day. What do the people want to see you, five names, and the big, bald, and beautiful one, myself, dance to this week live on the air? So we had a comeback. Um, winning what? the vote is Lean Back, who was losing at the top of the show. What? Is now won the poll question for the day. Lean back. At 33% Lean back. followed by What Lean is back. Love at 30% stop. <laughs> <laughs> 21% for Hey Ya and 15% for The Power. There we go. So, we will be leaning back with the RP3 and Company dance party this week. We don't know when it'll happen. No. It can happen four times. It can happen one time. It can happen 12 times. You won't know. You will just have to stay tuned for it. Woo! Good stuff. Good show today. Good way to start off today's show. We got a few new things this week. Obviously, the RP3 and Company Dance Party is going to be one of those things. We'll have a new thing tomorrow as well that we'll unveil live on the air. Whole week of unveiling this week. Woo! Man, we're unveiling some stuff. We're unveiling some stuff. We'll have Jarrett Rozier joining us tomorrow talking all things recruiting. Ali Cassell from the Bird Rights talking Pelicans. They were unable to clinch that spot in the playing tournament yesterday. Lost to the Clippers. But they'll have an opportunity against Sacktown tomorrow night, so we'll get a preview of that as well. Woo! Good show. Good way to start off the week. We had our first entry for being the game changer of the week. Shout out to Jamie. He's the first one in who's going to make some of those great phone calls the rest of the week. Just saying. We got our song now for our RP3 and company dance party. And we're going to unveil something new tomorrow too. What? 
for the producer extraordinaire. Hannah, five names. I'm Raymond Parsh, the third, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, six to nine. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.